Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Magic Beans podcast. Uh, my name is Chewy, and I am flying solo for episode 76. Uh, slight variance in our normal podcast schedule, uh, a lot going on in the world of the beans. And uh, yeah, so we're recording this, well, I'm recording this just 24 hours later than uh, we normally would, but we are 100% committed to getting the uh, the content out to you. And like always, there's just a lot happening in the world of magic. There's always something on the horizon, if you know what I mean. And if you don't, we'll get to that very soon. But uh, before I jump into today's episode, I want to just have a quick shout out to our sponsor, uh, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They are a Facebook auction site for physical magic cards. Uh, you can jump on to their site just by searching up Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Uh, on Facebook, or there'll be a link as always in the show notes. Uh, and there you can bid on on those cards. There's auctions that go up every single night, uh, primo auctions on the weekend. They have a full-time auctioneer run a really tight ship. And I, I've done a little bit of traveling around this week, and Josh and Pat's HQ is actually in the uh, just the next town over from where my parents live. We went up there to show off our little baby girl, Lola, and I dropped in on Pat. I gave him a beans playmat and a pin and, and had a chat. And it's uh, fair to say I walked out of there with an armful of swag. So there will be many, many giveaways, both on stream and on Twitter and such for all things Josh and Pat's through the beans. So massive thank you to Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar for continuing to look after the magic beans and that means more stuff for you guys so absolutely amazing uh quick shout out before we get into our main topics the we mentioned on the cast last week the game on oz tournament there was a 500 dollars prize pool and a couple of people from our discord namely rolling royce and our very own shorty i think he just packed a bunch of mountains and a bunch of small red aggressive creatures and some ember cleaves seems like a solid strategy found themselves in the top four we managed to get a few extra numbers from what we had on the cast last week and cracker using his influencer skills managed to get those numbers up to a respectable amount uh the wandering bard did a great job of commentary shorty unfortunately finished fourth in the top four and outside the prizes but our very own rolling royce uh won the whole shebang and gave the beans a shout out in the uh, victory interview. So much appreciated rolling Royce and congratulations on your, yeah, your run of form, your vein of form has been exemplary uh, from coming second in the envy, winning the historic event, just generally crushing it. So uh, congratulations. Uh, I hope, I hope we don't get paired <laughs> anytime soon because uh, I know I am up against it. So yeah, and so the Game On Us tournament, we'll let you know when the next one is, if there's a next one. And I think, yeah, there was a few few things that they learned along the way. And yeah, even the Beans put up their hand to uh, to pitch in with some commentary uh, next time. So we'll see how we go. But yeah, that's, uh, that's that Game On Oz tournament. Congrats to Shorty and to Rolling Royce. And for the other competitors, I think uh, the other finalists is also from our discord as well so beans represent okay i mentioned something being on the horizon a little while ago and that is right 
Modern Horizons 2 preview season has officially started and started with a bang. Absolutely started with an almighty bang. And there are some very, very uh, cool cards. Some very, very impactful cards have been previewed so far. So one of the things that we're all hoping for, we got. We got a reprinting of the enemy Fetchlands, which, you know, Arid Mesa, Mask Flats, Rainforest, Scalding Tarn, Verdant Catacombs. They are very expensive, uh, these Fetchlands, and hard to get. So a few more in rotation might not change the price, but may make them easier to get, if that makes sense. So there'll be some people that are just priced out of these, but other people that are demanded out of these, if you think about supply and demand. Uh, so a few more in circulation is great. And I believe it's in collector's boosters. You can get those enemy fetches in the old frames, which is pretty awesome. And something I'm looking forward to because like in my cube and Highlander decks, all of my OG fetches, you know, the polluted deltas and wooded foothills, windswept heaths, I've got the original printings of those. And then you've got these, you know, super bright, shiny scalding tarns and misty rainforests. And whilst they're good, you know, they're, they're not ugly or anything. They're just not as cool as the old frame. So I'd be pretty keen to get my hands on those and have a set of 10 matching old frame singleton because, you know, Highlander place it, we'll call that. And yeah, I think it's really good. Like the old frame is not for everybody, but they're, you know, if you don't like the old frame, just get the new frame. Now there's the option. So it's a, uh, I think it's a really, really good thing. So really, really excited about those. There's a, a Lion's Eye Diamond reprint, sort of, in a way. There's a Diamond Lion, which is a two mana 2-2 two, two artifact creature cat. So two generic for a 2-2. Two, two. And it has tap used through the Lion's Eye Diamond thing. So uh, it's a creature. So it has summoning sickness. So it's obviously less powerful. You have to pay two for it. It's not free. So it's obviously less powerful. But this is modern, not vintage or legacy. Uh, discard your hand. Sacrifice uh, Diamond Lion. Add three mana of any color. Uh, activate this only is an instant. So the same same keywordings and everything as LED, the OG LED. So yeah, I could probably expect to see some sort of combo deck shenanigans with this. Maybe because it's a creature, it, it might not be good enough, but certainly a very powerful effect. That sort of fixed Black Lotus, if you like, uh, which was the LED intention. But yeah, there is uh, still Infernal Tutor and such in in modern so there's potential that something could be done there uh there's brainstone which is a one mana artifact it has two tap sack brainstorm uh probably play that in draft if you're looking for some um you know artifact synergies but yeah just a cool card very cool art on that one as well what else do we have out of modern masters something i'm excited about is uh urza's saga that's right they actually made a saga <laughs> called Urza Saga and we had a set called Urza Saga so you know it's like hey I heard you like Saga so I made Urza Saga a Saga and you know all the rest of it so this is a really interesting card uh it is an enchantment land Urza's Saga so it's a saga that's a land it has three chapters the first chapter so this is one it gets when it uh comes into play uh Urza Saga gains tap add colorless sweet cool chapter two Urza Saga gains, pay two, tap, 
create a zero zero colorless construct artifact creature token with this creature gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control. Chapter three is search your library for an artifact card with converted mana cost zero or one, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. So uh, because it's a saga, you'll have to sacrifice it uh, after chapter three resolves. But there's a lot going on with this card. And uh, if I'm thinking of this from a, you know, it's in Modern Master, so let's think of this from a, a modern deck. The first home that I think that this will find is uh, as one of the utility land flex land slots in Eldrazi Tron. So this jumped out at me as someone who has slung a few spaghetti monsters around uh, the modern tables. So first of all, both the first and second ability say Urza's Saga gains this ability. So that effect persists throughout the other chapters. So on turn... The first turn, second and third turns that you play this, uh, you can tap it for colorless mana. So it's actually a really, really powerful land that, you know, makes makes creatures and uh, is a good mana sink, uh, but it continues to to tap for mana. So that is good. It's not like you, it's a one-shot colorless mana, you know, colorless lotus petal that is a saga after that that takes up your land slot. You can still tap it for mana. Uh, on the subsequent turns. Although it is a tap ability on chapter two. So Urza Saga gains, pay two tap, create a zero zero construct. So you can get two constructs out of this for, for four mana. And if you're playing against a, a control deck in, in modern, and we'll get to that very soon because, uh, there may be a bit of a rise in control decks. Yeah, you can you can make a make a one one, which might be a two two three three, even a four four uh, that you're creating off the land. So it's a, a a really efficient, essentially uncounterable, unless they like trick bind it or something, uncounterable threat. So all for just two mana. And if you're doing Tron things, then chances are you may have some mana to spare. So it's actually pretty exciting. So first turn, come in, play it as a land. Tap it for mana, away you go. It's just like a normal land drop. Second turn that it's in, you can create a create a dude, create a, a beater, uh, and and that is good. Uh, also, you could just use it to tap for colorless to keep playing your spaghetti monsters. Like that's its fail case. It's just a land that taps for colorless mana. And chapter three, it gets interesting. Search your library for an artifact card with mana cost zero or one. Put it on your onto the battlefield, then shuffle. So it is specific. It says mana cost zero or one, not mana value zero or one. So you can't go and get things like, oh my goodness, drawing a blank. The the suspend black lotus that uh, the name escapes me. You can't go and get that because it doesn't have a mana cost. Uh, it has to be zero or one. Uh, but you can go and get uh, a Grafticus Cage. You can go get a Tormod's Crypt. You could go and get uh, a Basilisk Collar. You could go and get a, a Ginger Brute, depending on what deck you're playing. Uh, and you put it onto the battlefield. So, again, in the Eldrazi Tron context, you might have a Chalice of the Void on one. And you can actually go and get an Expedition Map and put this on because it doesn't, say, play it without playing, paying its mana cost, it's putting it onto the battlefield. So it gets around 
the chalice and yeah you can go and you know get up that land search that you need to complete tron or get the ghost quarter to break up what they're doing so that's that's great also in the commander context it goes and gets you know soul ring <laughs> so it's uh it's, it's pretty amazing or any of the you know you can go and get the the new commander lotus or, or anything like that it's it's pretty bonkers the things that you're able to tutor up with in uh you know in commander so i expect any deck that can support a colorless land in commander will probably run this just because it, it can just do so much it's a it's a free tutor on suspend effectively uh but you can respond to chapter three so the chapter trigger goes on the stack you can respond to that by paying two and tapping it and creating a zero zero uh, in addition to the one that he created the turn before so you're actually getting two bodies out of this as i mentioned just before and you're getting a, a an artifact card out of your deck onto the battlefield straight away so it's actually pretty amazing this thing can do a lot there could be some degenerate combo thing that we're not seeing just yet but you know, in its fairest context, if your commander deck can support this, I recommend playing it. And yeah, if you're playing Tron, you probably want to play this, at least if you're playing Eldrazi Tron. Don't know if it quite makes a cut for mono green Tron, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really not bad. Hardened scales, maybe if affinity was still a thing, it could also be a thing as well. So, you know, just as a sort of a, a, a mana sink, probably wouldn't play four of it. Of this because it only does hang around for three turns but as a one of fun of if you've got the ability to search lands like in commander or in eldrazi tron or if you're playing uh, an artifact beatdown deck akin to affinity then yeah this this might be a, a good little mana sink for those games where you've got those excess manners so yeah pretty exciting all right so there's a saga i'm excited by that one the last one I want to talk about is something that it might be a little bit polarizing. Something that's been talked about going into modern for some time, and it is counterspell. So, in case you are brand new to Magic and have never played against somebody playing with islands before, you may not be familiar with what counterspell does. But counterspell is blue and blue for an instant, and it just says counter target spell. It's, it's one of those cards that's synonymous with, with magic and, uh, blue mages. And yeah, it's, I think it's, pr I'm pretty sure it's been around since alpha. It's, uh, definitely an iconic card. And yeah, it's being introduced into modern. So I expect, at least in the early weeks, that, yeah, people are jamming as many copies of Counterspell into any deck that they possibly can. But there's been a blue white control deck. That has been a viable option in modern for a really, really long time. Uh, Azorius Control, Cheons, whatever you want to call it, uh, it uses, you know, Teferi and Celestial Colonnade and other Teferi. And, uh, it's got a bunch of Wraths and a, and a bunch of card draw spells and just, you know, takes over the game and just, you know, kills you. And it's traditionally played things like Mana Leak and Counterspell is an enormous upgrade, enormous upgrade for uh, for that deck, but blue blue is not nothing, right? So those blue white decks have often played uh, colorless lands like Tectonic Edge and things like that to uh, help control the game on that axis. 
So if, you know, decks like Tron or, you know, Valakit or something like that that are uh, trying to win via their lands, then they've played colorless sources and they've got to play white spells as well, right? So, they, you know, they want to make sure they've got their Path to Exiles up and, and their Wraths and things like that. So blue-blue is a real cost, but I really do expect Counterspell to make a, a big splash in modern. Uh, we've got we've already got things like Snapcaster Mage, Isochron Scepter exists in modern. Isochron Scepter Counterspell, pretty cute. I don't know if it's good enough, but you know maybe we'll see some like Silence Counterspell Scepter deck come along. Uh, I I don't know, but uh, you know it's certainly more viable with just hard Counterspell. So I'm thinking it's you know worth trying. I, I don't know if it fully makes the cut. Uh, maybe like a mono blue tempo deck that we saw in standard and, and had in Pioneer. Maybe it's making Merfolk good again. I, I, I don't know. So the thing is, there's there's so many decks in modern that can play Counterspell. It's going to find a home somewhere and it's going to have a big impact and people are going to get their spells countered and, and be salty about it. Uh, just be aware that, yeah, Counterspell's a thing. People are going to leave two islands up and not have Counterspell and that's going to be as effective as having a counter spell in many, many situations. And that is, I guess, the power of counter spell. Like saying no is a really, really powerful thing. Like, here's my primeval titan. It's like, no, 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 it's not. But the ability to say no and that, that bluffing and having that, uh, just having it present in the format is something that is, uh, huge. It, it's going to have a big impact on the format regardless of how widely played and, and how good it actually is. So, yeah, it's um, I think that's a, a massive addition. So that's all we've seen so far uh, for Modern Horizons. But, you know, Fetchland's massively, massively impactful. Uh, Counterspell, enormously impactful. A couple of cool cards that harken back to some, you know, nostalgic cards. And, you know, we've just seen Brainstorm in the Mystic Archives and people have been playing with that card and... Uh, you know, remembering how much fun it is or how powerful it is or how frustrating it is when you don't play it right and you brainstorm lock yourself. Uh, so we've got Brainstone. And then we've got, you know, something we've not seen before, which is a Saga Land. Uh, so a pretty cool sort of design space there. And, yeah, still a few weeks. I think it's five or six weeks until the set is released. So I expect we'll be talking more and more about uh, Modern Masters over the uh, the next couple of episodes. But, yeah, huge impact on on modern and, and a real shake-up and, and something I'm really looking forward to. So if you're lucky enough to be able to afford some sealed product here, then definitely jump on it. Uh, otherwise, yeah, just make sure you grab the singles that you want. Uh, and, again, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar is always a good place to find those. All right. So we have talked a lot about modern. We've talked in recent weeks a lot about Historic. We had the Mystical Archive with the Strixhaven release. Uh, we've had our Historic event, so, you know, self-interest has dictated that we are probably going to play a little bit more Historic or talk about a little bit more Historic. Uh, and Standard's kind of been, you know, just it's like the forgotten format over the last few weeks. And, you know, Historic's kind of a little bit solved now and... Uh, a lot of people are shying away from it, myself included, because just the investment in rare wild cards to get those mystical archive cards, uh, I just 
haven't pulled the trigger and well I don't have all of the wild cards that I need to build everything that I want uh, therefore I'm being conservative with it and yeah it's sort of looking back at standard and the beans as always are running uh, the uh the league we've got the Strixhaven League as part of our tournament series, uh, which is standard on Arena. And if you don't know anything about that, jump on to the Discord again. Link in the show notes, and you can join in for the next one. We run events all year, culminating in a uh, invitational at the end of the year for the most consistent competitors or the most winningest competitors, and you apply for a whole bunch of prizes, which is pretty gas. Yeah, so there's been lots of matches played, so well done to all those involved. Uh, I managed to get a couple before I went on my little road trip, and uh, I think we're looking at a really healthy spot. Uh, again, Josh and Pat's are great. They sponsor these leagues, and they've also f- flung us, flinged us, sent us some uh, collector's boosters that we're going to give away one a week for people that have played those matches. So every match you play in a week is an entry into... Yeah, winning one of those collector boosters over the four-week uh, group stage. And, yeah, we'll draw those out probably on stream if uh, if one of us manages to stream. Uh, I've got a baby. Joel started – Cracker started a new job. Shorty's lost his voice. So uh, we're going to try to stream as much as we can with, uh, with sort of those limitations and parameters. But we – anyway, I digress – there was a lot of conversation in week one where people just really didn't know what to play because standard had been forgotten. People hadn't dusted off their standard decks for a little while. So yeah, they really just weren't sure what to play and there was a lot of discussion. So I I thought, well, let's see if I can help. So I whipped out the PayPal account and I paid for the subscription to untap.gg which is the uh, the companion thing, the plugin that works with Arena that uh, you know gives you deck lists and your win percentages and all that really useful data. It's free to download, install it. It is really good. Make sure you uh, you do have that. Uh, it helps you you know manage a collection, all sorts of stuff. It's a, it's a good little tool, and you know you can go to your deck list mid game to, and it even gives you a percentage chance of you know drawing a land or, or what have you. It's uh, it's quite a good tool to use when you're you know deck building or uh in a tricky spot where you're not sure whether uh you know you should be aggressive or or defensive in the game state it helps you inform that it's a really good thing and but what they have is they have a subscription service that gives you access to so much more data so much information and i i paid a couple of bucks it's like like a five dollar a month thing and I unlocked all that info. So I'm, this isn't an ad for Untap. We're in no way affiliated with them. It's just, uh, this is where I'm getting this information from, I guess. So if you've got that subscription, you're probably already recognizing this value. But if you're not, then, you know, I'm, I'm doing it for you. So, uh, that is where we're at with that. So I happen to be in platinum at the moment. I'm, I'm sort of mid platinum at this point in the season because I, Got to about this point last season and just started playing a bunch of historic and lost a lot. But I had a, you know, the, had my season reset down to gold and I've been playing through the same deck and getting up to uh, sort of mid platinum with missing a week with going away. So trying to get through it as much as I can, got a decent win percentage. And I thought I'd have a look at 
the metagame according to the arena data and see what see what's up, see what the best decks are. Because, you know, Magic Online has the deck dumps and things like that where this gives us a bit more information. So uh, first of all, it, you can break it down by best of one or by, by best of three. So I, I had a look at best of one and there is some, you know, there's some, some decks that, uh, that do do well in that format. So it is a, uh, having a look at those decks. The most popular deck played is Mono Red Snow Aggro and Boris Winota, followed by Mono White Life Gain, Saltite Ultimatum, Demi Rogue, Cycling, Mono Black Auras, and Gruel Adventures. So they are the most played decks, the top eight most played decks. And the best deck, the most winningest deck, uh, with 58.5%, and this is as I'm recording this, so I'm sure this is subject to, to change. Uh, 58.5% is Mono White Life Gain. Four Color Cycling with the same percentage. 0.1% down is Boris Winota. Uh, mono red at 57.4, mono black auras at 55.7, gruel adventures at 55.1, demir rogues at just a tick under 53%, and saltite ultimatum at 52.7. So that's your best of one metagame. So if you're looking at just trying to grind the ladder through best of one, get your daily quests done, sort of get through gold into platinum, or maybe even get into diamond and you know, you just want to just play some quick matches. You know, you don't have the time to sit down for, for best of three. That is the, uh, that's your metagame. And the, the mono red and the Boris Winota decks being the most popular makes sense that the, uh, the mono white life gain and the four color cycling decks are the highest win rate decks. So at, you know, not that far under 60%, which is a really solid win rate for, uh, for best of one. So, my recommendation would be play one of those. There's also, you know, plenty of decks that are above 50% win rate, but sort of Gruel Adventures, uh, Mono Black Auras, and Mono Red, in addition to the uh, the aforementioned decks, all have a above 55% win rate. And this is based on, uh, you know, a couple of thousand games or tens of thousands of games or whatever it is. So... That is your, your best of one metagame. Now, the best of three metagame is something that's, it's a bit interesting, a bit more interesting and a bit closer to my heart. So if we have a look at the, you know, the, the decks that are, you know, performing the best in that, there we go. Sort by win rate. There you go. Uh, the decks that are winning the most in best of three and we'll go from the decks that have a 60% matchup or better and we'll uh we'll go from there honorable mention uh is it prismari at 59.1 so probably a deck that could be refined a little more it's it's, it's still new and it's there's it's only had f- uh 460 matches played on the day that I'm taking this so this is a one day snapshot of how much this these de- each of these decks has been played and the the win rate based on one day. So you know there there may be anomalies there, but it is something that is a a really useful tool, particularly if you're trying to select a deck to play. So uh, at sixty point one percent win rate with uh, over sixteen hundred matches played today is Demir Rogues, 
and you know this is running Lurus and the majority of decks are playing crabs and you know doing all of the uh all the normal rogues things so rogues isn't going anywhere it is uh yeah sitting at uh plus 60 percent win rate is uh, nothing to sneeze at in best of three so absolutely incredible that you know a deck that's had nothing from you know effectively the last two sets is uh, still putting up that uh that rate and uh i think if you are a really well practiced really well versed in the deck then you would uh you, know, you, you might see a, a scrape above that which is good a deck with a slightly higher win rate but less matches played overall so take that as you will is boris wanota so it's uh you know the aggregate i guess deck list a couple of al seeds a couple of selfless saviors luminarch aspirants uh professor of symbiology uh polar vitor skyclave apparition and bone crusher giant so not the all out Winota deck that we have seen in the past but a uh, yeah one with more interaction and you know the ability to win the game with good cards outside of drawing Winota. Uh, it's also playing Bazu's Lieutenant, uh, Blade Historian to give all your guys double strike, some Winotas, and you know sideboard of, of uh, Red Cat Melee, Scorching Dragon Fires, some Oxes. Uh, you can board in some Skyclave Mauls to or Maul of the Skyclave, sorry, uh, to you know attack from a different angle. And again, you know you know that Winota's probably going to get dealt with, so just killing them with your other creatures, making them better and flying with them all is good. Redains. It's, we've got a single copy of Mascot Exhibition, which is pretty cool. Uh, reduced to memory and some Inkling Summonings as well. So there is a a lot going on with that deck. It's more than just a, a coin flip now. It's it's kind of evolved. And it's seeing a plus, 50, uh, plus 60% win rate today uh, uh, with 920 matches played. Uh, importantly, the average duration is 5.3 minutes. So you do get through your games really quickly. The next deck, next, next most winningest deck is Naya Adventures with 61% even, but only 350 games played. So not anywhere near as popular, uh, as some of the other decks being played here. But, uh, for those that are playing it, they are having some success. So this is using, uh, Gigantha, the Wellspring as the companion. It's, it's got, all the all of the usual suspects in the adventure package so giant killer edgewall innkeeper it's got clarion uh sorry uh, love struck beast and bone crusher giant ably supported by things like showdown of the skulls and clarion spirits and yeah it's uh got some good tech in the sideboard as well with clothus uh Dranith magistrate roiling vortex and friends like redain and even a couple of ripper parts so it is uh, is doing really well as well so if you're a fan of the adventures package and you like free cards off showdown of the scolds this deck seems to be doing really really well as well unsurprisingly uh, another adventures deck is also on 61 percent uh win rate which is just straight up gruel adventures and this had 460 games played so but a little over 100 more played than the Naya cousin. <laughs> uh, so it is, yeah, a little more straightforward. It's using, uh, it's more aggressive. It's using Brushfire Elementals and Embercleaves to uh, just 
you know, force issue, a couple of gold span dragons, even a great henge to, uh, you know, try to go over the top. And some really interesting sideboard cards in this deck as well with, with Primal Might and Elder Gargaroth to, uh, to support things like, uh, Oxes and Phoenix of Ash and a Cromor. So if you just want to get your games done really quickly, either of those, uh, adventure decks is definitely something that has seen some success. Okay. So now we've got another Demir Rogues list with, uh, 200 games played and it's a slightly different. This is the into the story build. So, uh, it's, it's a variation on rogue. So there's a, but again, rogues around the 60% mark, which is what you would expect. Uh, Boros cycling. So just straight red, white cycling is a, uh, a, well, actually that's, it's called Boros cycling on untapped, but it's, it's actually Jeskai cycling having a look at the deck list here. So, uh, all of the usual, Suspects with Flourishing Foxes and Dranith Stingers and Zenith Flares. Uh, a singleton copy of Prismari Command, because why not? Improbable Alliance is, is working really well. And yeah, it's a, uh, a deck that just kind of gets the job done. It sees so much of its deck. It just has the I win button with Zenith Flare and it is sitting at 61.9% win rate with 360 matches played in the last 24 hours. A deck that has a slightly, like 0.1% higher win rate, but has played 660, so an extra 300 matches today, is the uh, the Mono Red deck. And it is everything that we've, you know, come to know and love or loathe, depending on which side of the fence you sit on here, but uh, Fervent Champions and Robbers of the Rich, Annex, Bonecrusher Giant, Torbrand, with the new additions of, of Hall Monitor to, uh, you know, get rid of those pesky blockers and, you know, full complements of Embercleaves, playing a bunch of Faceless Havens and, you know, often touted as just a best of one deck, still a 62% win rate in best of three standard over the last 24 hours and 5.3 minutes is the, uh, the average game length. So a really, really quick way to uh, get your matches done and you can get them done successfully as well. Sorry, when you're solo cast, you uh, need to stop for a drink every now and then. Okay. Uh, we mentioned Mono White Aggro, which is the life gain deck uh, in the best of one breakdown. It's also got a 62.3% win rate, but only 360 matches in best of three. So still a low number, but still doing well. So that is something that is uh, really, really interesting. Getting a little higher now, 64.3% is the Rakdos Sacrifice deck. Only 220 matches played, so quite a small sample size in the context of Arena, but that's what we're looking at in the last 24 hours. Uh, so this is a, it's a Croxa deck with, you know, Maya Tritons and Woe Striders with Bone Crusher Giants, uh, a Rankle, the Imistrum, Imistrum Predator. Uh, which is a, uh, a Kaldheim edition. Uh, it's playing a Crown War with, you know, village rights and claim the firstborn to, uh, you know, steal your opponent's stuff and then sack them. And, uh, yeah, uh, Temerit calls the dead to fill your graveyard and, and make zombies. And it's a, a bit of a grindy deck. And we've seen a lot of creature decks so far. You know, there's, uh, there's decks like, uh, mono white aggro and mono red and, and such. So there's lots of fodder 
for for this deck to uh, to take a go at. So yeah, the uh, the Rakdos Sacrifice deck, sixty four point three percent win rate today, which is pretty exciting. It's one that surprised me is Mono Green Stompy at sixty five point six percent. Only two hundred ninety matches played, but pretty interesting. So it's got Stonecoil Serpents, Swarm Shamblers, Scavenging Oozers, Kazandu Mammoths, Lovestruck Beasts. Thrashy Bees, Gem Raisers, and Questing Beasts uh, with Blizzard Brawl and Primal Mites uh, topped off with the Great Henge. So just attacking with giant green things, it, it's like 1994 all over again. So that is a uh, yeah, a, a very, very uh, viable deck. It's playing Snow Basics with Faceless Haven because when you're monocolored, that's what you should be doing. So that's... Um, yeah, absolutely something that I, I think we'll see a, uh, a little bit more of. So, yeah, pretty excited by that. Saltai Ultimatum in best of three is continuing to perform really, really well. Only 210 matches played, but 66.4%. So it's a it's a Urian deck. It, it's playing, you know, four emergent Ultimatums with with Valkyries and the, you know, Kiora Best of Sea God and... Things to, uh, you know, Alrun's Epiphanies and all that stuff. <laughs> you know, the Vorinclex and Pelucranosis and, and such is playing a lot of ramp. It's playing some counters, playing some removal, playing some sweepers, playing lots of lands. And yeah, just ramping into Emergent Ultimatum. And it's, it's doing a really, really good job of its continuing to, uh, to do really, really well. And our last deck, which has got a whopping, 67.9% win rate. And this is all, again, this is all in platinum. 240 matches played for 67.9% win rate. It's huge. So uh, based on these numbers, this is the best deck in standard today, whether it's the best deck in standard for the week or the month. You know, I, I don't have those numbers in front of me, but it is uh, certainly the best deck in standard today. So uh, it's Obosh with uh, Innkeepers, Brazen Borrowers, Bone Crusher Giants, Lovestruck Beasts with the support crew of Kazandu Mammoth, Goldspan Dragon, four copies of Alrun's Epiphany, a couple of Great Henge, a bunch of counter spells, 26 lands plus Kazandu Mammoth is, uh, is, is pretty amazing. And yeah, the, uh, the sideboard is, uh, you know, got, got plenty of tools for the, uh, for the trade as well. And it is, yeah, definitely a, uh, you know, kind of the, the deck to play and, and the deck to beat if you've not, uh, not picked up standard for a little while. If you, if you're not sure which deck to play, I, I highly recommend playing Teema Adventures. It's a, uh, a deck I've been playing. My list is like one or two cards different from the sort of aggregate list, mainly due to, you know, personal preference and, and what have you. But, you know, my, I've got 70 of the 75 here that I'm running. And if I have a look at my own profile on Untapped GG, I have got a 20 and 4 record. So an 83% win rate sitting in you know, halfway through plat 3. So I started playing this at gold 4 at the start of the season and have uh, run this through. So uh, it's a, a deck that uh, I'm learning the nuances of and I've... Uh, yeah, I've certainly been having a fair bit of success. If somebody could, you know, offer me a 20 and 4 record, 
with with any deck, I'll, I'll I'll definitely take that. So that is definitely a uh, a deck to play uh, for those interested. Five one against mono red, three one against the green black deck that plays all of the magecraft spells and the plums. Uh, sixty seven against Sultai, two zero against mono white, two zero against mono black, two zero against rogues. Uh, 2-0 against Red Black Sacrifice, and I lost to the Winota deck when I was paired against it one time. So, so yeah, the deck feels really, really good, and yeah, I it, it's hard to go past endorsing Team Adventures as the best deck in the format right now, uh, today, and yeah, it's something that uh, if you're if you're not going to play it, then you should uh, you should learn how to play against it and have some sideboard cards. Uh, maybe some Dranith Magistrates or something like that that uh, is is good against the uh, the Team Adventures deck. Interestingly, it doesn't really rate very highly on the best of one side of things. It's it's more of a best of three deck. But I tell you what, it's more of a uh, it's more of a best of one deck than probably people give it credit for. It does some pretty powerful things. So it never misses a land drop. Mulligans really well, and uh, you know can go over the top with Goldspan Dragon, Alron's Epiphany. So, yeah, that is our sort of standard metagame breakdown. Sort of rub, ran through that relatively quickly. And, yeah, if you are in a position where you can spot the the 5 bucks a month for the untapped subscription, you do get a lot of value out of it. There's a lot of information available there. And, you know, you can consume that and use that you know, for good or evil, as you see fit. Uh, because I'm flying solo, we don't have the rest of the beans going on wild, long, impromptu tangents. So we're going to wrap it up there at, uh, yeah, just over 45 minutes rather than the hour. But uh, hopefully you've got good quality over quantity there. Uh, quick reminder of our leagues. We are into the second week of our Strixhaven League uh, the league will run for another two weeks after this one, and then we'll move into the finals stage where the, the highest-ranked competitors from each group will then battle it out until we have a top eight, and then we'll do our final stream, which is always loads and loads of fun. They are brought to you by Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Check out their daily auctions and tell them that the beans sent you. Uh, jump into our Discord if you want to take part in any of our leagues or chat about decks, chat about limited, chat about anything you want. It's a good good little community we've got going there in the Magic Beans Discord, so recommend getting in. If you want to support us directly, you can jump onto our merch store and you can buy Magic Beans t-shirts, hoodies, play mats, coffee mugs, mouse pads, etc. Some stickers there as well, so you can uh, help us out there, which is great. Uh, we are also on Twitch uh, at Magic Beans Cast. Uh, you'll find us on Facebook and YouTube as well. Just search up Magic Beans Cast. You can find the Magic Beans on Twitter at Magic Beans Cast. And if you're looking for me on Twitter, you can find me at ChewyMTG. Thanks very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and we will be eagerly watching the Modern Horizons 2 preview season because uh, if the uh, the opening salvo of previews then go by, it's going to be a pretty bonkers set and yeah, a nice shake up of modern, which is uh, a format that we all enjoy. 
So we'll end it there. Thanks very much for listening. Stay safe out there, everyone. And we'll talk to you next time here at the Magic Beans podcast. <laughs>